Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Gazing absent-mindedly at a series of posters at my local underground station, I come across a striking image. It's of a young woman, glamorously dressed, stretched lazily across an antique chaise longue. She's kicked off her shoes, which happen to be ballet points. Her limbs are long and lean. She's in some kind of backstage area, flanked by an artfully coiled rope and the kind of sturdy spotlight that went out with searching the skies for stukas. An eerie green lighting effect straight out of the X-Files completes the mood of languid eroticism. A slogan teases us further. Looks like a doll, dances like a demon, it says. Look out, the English National Ballet is in town. Further along the platform, another poster catches my eye. By comparison, the image is unremarkable, but the message is short, sharp and to the point. See art, love art, buy art. It's a poster advertising the inaugural edition of Art 13 London, the city's latest art fair which takes place this weekend. I thought about these two different versions of promoting the arts. The first takes the unashamedly romantic view. It appeals to the superficial appeal of ballet, which is watching beautiful people who can move beautifully. But the doll is also a devil. Beneath the icy charm there is fire. We look to her art not only for aesthetic satisfaction, but for something more profound and possibly disturbing. The post is part of a new rebrand for the company dressed by Vivian Westwood, which makes explicit its ambitions. We leap and grasp for the new, says a section called Our Story. We are for everyone. Watch ballet and you are not rich or poor, cultured or barbarian, brain or brawn. You are human, full of lust and adventure. We are yours and we are you. At Art 13 London, there's a very different impulse at play, the lust to possess. Those simple exhortations, see, love, buy, are more straightforward and more theoretically attainable than what the English National Ballet is offering. The dance company's twilight zone titillation prepares us for a bumpy ride in the underground chambers of the human psyche. The art fair invites us to choose something nice for the sitting room. Both of these ways of enjoying the arts are legitimate culture owes its progress to the acquisitive drive of patrons as surely as to the insistence of artists on making transcendent statements on behalf of their twisted visions. The cool gaze of the market, yes its temperature can rise a little in times of high excitement, is in counterpoint to the hotter ambitions of great art. They happily feed off each other. What I loved about both posters is how brilliantly and succinctly they underscored their respective senses of mission. Using just a few words and a couple of telling images, we immediately grasp what both of these institutions are trying to do, and also the differences between them. They stand proudly among the infernally clever advertisements for trivial objects that surround them. That has not always been the case. I don't know if we're living in a golden age of the arts... Ask me to adapt Zhao Enlai's line about the French Revolution in a millennium or two, but we can surely say with some certainty that we do find ourselves in a golden age of arts branding. 
Like it or not, part of the vibrancy of London's art scene is due to the efforts of marketeers, public relations teams and great coffee shops. This last factor was once considered a controversial issue. The Victoria and Albert Museum's infamous campaign of the 1980s, an ace calf with quite a nice museum attached, was slaughtered in highbrow circles for its flip ironic jokes. Where else do they give you £100 million worth of objets d'art, free with every egg salad, it asked. With hindsight, it can be considered ahead of its time. We all knew about the prized collections of London's museums. What was needed was a buzz, a sense of excitement to help draw younger and more diverse crowds. As this imperative became the mantra of cultural institutions, the branding and marketing gurus came into their own. Today, the arts are, almost without exception, beautifully packaged, presented and promoted. I have before me the catalogue of the Tate Gallery's Roy Lichtenstein exhibition, not the current one, but the 1968 show that did so much to cement the artist's reputation in the UK. It's a paltry affair, thin and poorly produced. The catalogue for the present retrospective is by contrast a thing of beauty. Many of us can at least afford to see art, love art, by catalogue. The danger in indulging in imaginative posters, lavish catalogues and cream cakes in the café is that these metacultural treats distract us from the main event. Marketing can act as camouflage. The buzz can overwhelm the senses. Is the art actually any good? But then that's part of a broader problem that afflicts our age. Can content hold its own when the way it is transmitted has become so slick, so beautiful, so intelligent? That's for posterity to decide. In the meantime, I notice that the Art 13 London Fair has no fewer than 19 media partners and an official champagne partner to boot. Everyone, it seems, wants to dance with the devil. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.